Stay home. Stay safe. Stay tuned to the best commercial radio station of the year. Good evening and welcome to the Law Report. My name is Michael Matwining. Bill, it's good to be with you this Wednesday evening. I missed you very much last week, but thank you so much, Wakaz Tolle, for holding the fort on my behalf. I'm really, um, I really am grateful. Um, but I'm back and um, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about... You know, uh, a lot of you, um, like me, have children and they're going to be going back to school. And um, you might be worried about what's going to be, you know, you might be worried or, or some might be excited because I can imagine the relief of, of you know, the burden of homeschooling not being on you. Um, so, yeah, um, you might be excited. You might be worried. Uh, that's what we're talking about. What are the legal implications uh, flowing from that? What are the risks that have been identified? You'd have listened to a lot of groups, a lot of people. Um, actually asking themselves whether this has been properly considered or has it been too rushed or done too soon. So that's the law report and uh, helping me and on somebody that has spent some time thinking about this very question is attorney Ntogozi uh, Simapumulo. Um, he's an associate at, um, and, and specializes in litigation at Adams & Adams. Ntogozi, thank you so much for joining me. Good evening. Good evening, Michael, and good evening to your listeners. Um, before I, you know, before I, I shoot off my first question, I want to play a clip by the Minister for Basic Education, uh, Ms. Ingi Montecha, and and just and, and you know, just to for those of us that haven't heard what the Minister has said, this is what she said: Schools will reopen on the first of June. We will start with grade sevens and twelve, but also we will also look at small schools and special schools differently because we may not be able to use the same measurement for all those other sectors. And we'll give details again during the course of the month. We will have special dispensation for small schools because we can't treat small schools the same way we treat big schools. They don't have spacing problem. We won't have a justification why we say they cannot come. In the public service or public sector, we are phasing in because we have to manage our challenges in terms of the size and numbers of the sector. That's the voice of um, a Minister of Basic Education, Ms. Ng Motecha, and um, where she's pretty much announcing that the schools will be reopening on the 1st. Of course, it's not sort of a blanket announcement. There'll be um, further, you know, rules, I guess, on different schools and how it's going to apply for different people. And But this is obviously an interesting development. Um, and... and from different sides of the of society, there's been different views. Um, so, but Mtogozi, you see, you've spent a bit of time thinking about about you know what the implications of this, and what are some of the, your thoughts on this? Sure, um, Michael. What has um, really uh, been um, of a concern to me is uh, you know some of, of, of the questions uh, probably which uh, were not uh, fully addressed by uh, the minister. Mm. Oh, at this point, and uh, we should uh, really give her uh, a benefit of the doubt that uh, some of uh, the things she's still going to touch on as we go along. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there's been a, a lot of uh, criticism, or um, you know, from various interest uh, groups, uh, um, parents, uh, stakeholders, regarding um, you know some of the schools you know we've got a history of uh, schools that do not have adequate infrastructure uh, you know sanitation um, you know running water yeah. and all those uh, and, and that is in fact the reality of, of of our country you know so whilst in in your urban areas one doesn't have complaints of pet toilets but pet toilets do exist in some parts of the country and and that is the reality so yes you you you, you spot on 
Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. And um, you point out to the uh, trailer, for example, um, just um, towards the end of last year, mm. uh, the, the Constitutional uh, Court um, found uh, the state, um, the, the Department of Education specifically, to be uh, to have been negligent in, in, in the matter of Komape, uh, which was um, a young boy who uh, fell and uh, drowned into the pieces uh, as a result of. Uh, uh, failure to have implemented, um, you know, ad- adequate uh, infrastructure. Mm. So um, those are, are the questions, you know, especially to schools, um, the majority of the schools, you know, in the rural areas, townships, and so on and so forth. So um, it remains to be seen, really, if um, there will be a proper, you know, um, maybe some consultations with uh, um, you know, the relevant people, because my thinking in, in, in this case, um, for, I understand like we are in the state of disaster and, um, um, the legally, um, required consultations uh, cannot take place mm. in most, or in, in most uh, decisions taken by the government. But, um, when dealing with, with the issues of children, um, it becomes, um, a, a, a tricky, um, situation because um, all the relevant stakeholders um, given the constitutional obligation um, you, you know that um, in the matter concerning children uh, the, the standard is a, a bit higher so it becomes um, quite pertinent that um, you know some uh, relevant stakeholders be consulted you know to um, request um, uh, uh, a massive or um, wide-scale consultation, it may be um, unrealistic at this point in time, but there has to be some form of uh, meaningful consultation so that um, should, in any cases, I think the government, they can um, have some, um, you know, wall to lean on. If you've just tuned in, I'm having a conversation with attorney um, Togozi Simapumulo. And we're talking about this question of the schools, the announcement flowing from the announcement by the Minister of Basic Education, that schools will be reopening on the 1st of, of June. And this is what we're doing for the first segment of the show. So if you do have any questions, please do give me a call. The number to dial is 86 But in the second part, we're also looking into the question of tenants. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, they might be moving house. They might be evicted. We saw media reports of the red ants evicting people from their premises. So so if you also um, have any questions about that, do stay tuned in and, and, and make sure to call in the second half of the show. But for now, any questions? Are you concerned that your child is going to go back to school and um are you concerned that whether your school is is ready because i mean um i hear uh, conversations um that schools are going to be sanitized but sanitization is something that happens once off but you can it is quite possible to reinfect a place literally a minute after it's been sanitized and and therefore the endeavors to sanitize to fumigate and to do whatever are are really um you know well welcomed but for some parents they might be worried hang on does this really help my kids long term so any similar concern that you might have do give us a call number to dial 0860000959 we talk about this and perhaps if i can just invite your your thoughts on this and togazisi from the point of view of the children's act and 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 what you know uh, the the constitutional obligation for us to one put the children first but also ensure uh, and god for their physical and mental health even in a state of i mean i know it's not a state of emergency but to a large extent it is a, a state of disaster which has the same emer- urgency 
maybe not emergency in the legal sense, but certainly a level of urgency. And whilst one appreciates the um, ham- the hamstring flowing from the inability to consult, but there is nevertheless that concern about you know children's rights um, and and also maybe even the children's ability. I mean, I can probably maintain. Um, or observe some of the rules with with more aggression than a child. So I could insist readily from one adult to another that, hey, keep your two meters or whatever the distance is. But, you know, yeah. is that something that a child can do for themselves? So just broadly speaking, I'm just thinking, are we not at risk of violating the children's right um, when when the whole world is pretty much shut down, when when non-essential people are not working. So the parent is sitting at home, is not working, um, yeah. but the child is leaving. Mm. No, certainly. And you can add there to say uh, the parliament is also not uh, working uh, in uh, the usual manner of uh, how they would ordinarily go to the parliament and uh, go about their usual business. Mm. Um, uh, rights uh, such as right to life, um, you, you know, if you um, um, uh, uh, request uh, children to go back to school, uh, there's a potential threat to right to life as the, the section 11 of the Constitution. A mm. safe um, a, a environment as well, um, in terms of uh, section 24, um, you know, a, a greater threat to uh, section uh, 28 as well as. Uh, Section nine um, being the right to equality, um, you know, to uh, right to equal protection and benefits of, of the law, um, and all those uh, provisions. And also, um, we need to um, consider the fact that um, uh, various other rights that um, children um, enjoy in terms of um, your statutory rights, your common law um, rights, um, they, they are also um, on the threat. And um, crucially, in, in, in this context. Um, if you um, uh, pose, uh, you know, a, pot- a potential threat on the right to life, you are uh, basically posing threats to every other right because um, without the enjoyment of the right to life, you, um, you run a risk of, um, you know, relinquishing all the other rights um, as the, the law. And one of the other things, I guess, when you're talking about um, school school children, Mtogazisi, is... Is, is is the fact that the the problem is not just located in the school itself we've seen many times overloading in school transport um in, in school transport buses or vehicles where where there's an issue around that and and we know you know and and I, and I guess it's a it's a it's a two-pronged sword in in, in a sense because on the one hand yeah. um you got the 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 the, the kids that have to fill the cab and then on the other hand you've got the interest of the driver because the driver probably you know has a break even point at some point and if you follow the the, the, the transport regulations that say you can't fill your car um, above uh, I think it's 70% of its capacity yes. a lot of people yes. won't be able to transport children viably or commercially or on, on, on a commercially viable basis um, in those terms and I'm just thinking um, how, how are they going to be affected or are they going to have a, a dispensation on how they are to conduct transport because they're not public transport in the true sense. They could be, you know, private parents transporting other children, you know. So so the concern is, has there, is there any indication whether the thought process around the opening of schools has extended to thinking about how do they actually get to those schools? 
Sure. Now, that, that's a, a very good, um, you know, um, a question and a, a, a very pertinent one in the context of South Africa. And uh, um, that's where the consultation with uh, the interested parties really uh, become, um, you know, a relevant factor mm. because um, you need the actual parents who deal with, well, who have kids, um, kids who uh, use, um, you know, the uncles, you know, that uh, transport, mm. uh, so that uh, they can um, come up, well, they possibly will be able to come up with some uh, solutions. Mm. Um, the drivers also are um, relevant uh, stakeholders in the sense that um, it, it is um, their business, you know, to transport uh, school children. Um, so the point of uh, consultations um, uh, to come up with um, proposals that can be implemented then becomes quite pertinent. Um, unfortunately, we are not as uh, fortunate uh, like um, countries like the UK because uh, in, in, in the UK also they are due to reopen on the 1st of uh, June and uh, um, one of the laws or the rules um, for this period is that um, the, um, the child must be driven by um, a caregiver or the parent to school. Mm. Um, so in our uh, the African context, it's a little bit uh, tricky because not every child is an uncle or um, a parent that has a, a car that, who can drive them to school and, and pick them up in the afternoon. Correct. So, yeah, so it, it becomes a, a pertinent question with regards to the consultation. And and maybe if 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 the government did have the benefit of consultation, what do you think are some of the ideas that might have come um, from such a consultation to make sure? Because I think I can understand, you know, and 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 I think we as a country have had to make very difficult choices between, you know, life, health, economy, education, because it, it is so that the people that are going to be going back to school on the first are the future leaders. And they need the education. They need to. They need to be prepared for the coming year because it's it's one thing to say we had coronavirus in in twenty twenty, but in in twenty twenty two you're not in grade seven anymore. You're in grade eight, and you need to be equipped for grade eight. And for somebody else, they are in matric, and they need to yeah. do well. I mean, you can't go to an interview and say, well, you know, that's the year when there was corona, and that's why I didn't meet the requirements for university admission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I fully agree with you. Um, it's quite a tricky um, a balancing of the rights that has to be, uh, uh, you know, to take place because uh, the same um, criticism, you know, with regards to the uh, reopening of schools. Mm. Uh, the government, by so doing, um, is protecting the constitutional right of children to go to school. Yes, indeed. Um, indeed, isn't it? Yeah, so, yes. Mm, yeah, so it, it becomes uh, tricky, uh, but um, the consultations would have um, all will, if they still will be, you know, um, will assist in terms of limiting the number of, um, well, you know, the number of um, questions, the number of uncertainties. Mm. There will be to a certain extent, um, uh, you know, some uh, limitation or a reduction of uh, the number of um, concerns, you know, and that may allow, um, you know, it, it becomes um, a, a bit um, understandable for the parents to send them uh, well, the children back to school, if they've been uh, given reasons um, as to um, 
uh, well, uh, reasons and the measures that have been put in place by the government in a, um, a, a consultative um, kind of an environment where their concerns are also addressed there and there. Mm. Um, so there's not this, um, you know, uncertainty around the subject. So the number of issues um, would have uh, been addressed by the consultations and also um, there would have been um, proposals, um, you know, to the government and, um, and, and to every other um, uh, interested party. Uh, because, um, for example, Michael, um, parents um, and, um, you know, parents from rural schools are probably the ones who are better positioned to come up with the solutions for their particular area. Mm. So that, that's where the, uh, the treatment of um, consultations would have, um, you know, been quite important. In the second part of the show, I'm going to be having a, a conversation and I'm going to be having a, a different attorney, Donald Mochetle, and we're going to be talking about property. And, uh, and, and, and you can imagine a lot of activity around property rights are happening despite uh, COVID-19. And the first of them is, is the issue of tenants and moving house. Uh, you bought a house, you want to move into it, you, you have uh, a tenant that's not paying rent. What do you do with that? So that's what we're doing in the second part of the show. So do uh, stay tuned in for that and do give us a call. I look forward to your questions. 86 But for now, for the moment, I'm talking to Mtogozisi Mapumula and we're talking about the issue of the schools reopening um, on the 1st of June and how that's going to um, affect. And, and one of the concerns that you had in, uh, in Togozisi around this is that you anticipated uh, some kind of litigation risk. Take me through that and what, what your thoughts are on that. Okay, Michael. So what may happen, um, despite the other uh, um, difficulties in, in, in cases which may be brought forward uh, relating to COVID-19 is, um, if, uh, say, the, um, the child has now uh, been infected and, um, you know, the, um, uh, the reason or how the child got infected in terms of at school and, um, you know, the, the parent or the caregiver is able to trace Mm. Uh, the link uh, to say my my child was uh, infected by the um, you, you know with the virus as a, a result of the, in, uh, the inadequacy um, on the government side to implement um, you know uh, safety um, measures. Mm. Then um, there may be possible claims um, that you run into issues of uh, a causality, given um, you know the fact that uh, this virus can easily be um, transmitted. But um, it will all depend on the circumstances, you know, the circumstantial evidence um, in, in, in the matter, and uh, there may well be um, potential claims. Um, mm. The child is now, as a, as a result of the infection, the child is now, uh, say, um, uh, held um, long-lasting without implications or even dead mm. in that instance. Yeah. And 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 I guess it's a tricky one because you know you're talking about causation so meaning that um pre pre lockdown if 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 michael gave him togozisi um uh, the virus it, yeah. it's there's no consequences on me nobody's going to say hey michael you should have behaved better 
but yeah. but with us knowing what we know and and knowing that we're sitting somewhere as of this morning when I listened to to Kai FM, where it's something like seventeen thousand uh, uh, cases of COVID nineteen, so it's pretty it's spreading pretty fast, and. And, and, and I guess from a legal point of view, I, I just want you to maybe just take me through the difference because now if, if pre the lockdown, you could say that there's nothing that could have happened or there's the, the, we, you know, it's very difficult to put blame on any one particular person or any one institution to say you should have locked down earlier. We should have, it's very difficult to then pin it down. But if, if it happens in the context of coming from the lockdown, having more cases known, because those 17, there are others that get diagnosed every day, and I think we, we're hitting greater numbers. I think just recently we hit our greatest number. Yeah. Does it therefore, does, does a case become um, arguable at that point? And, 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 and this is probably a very difficult question because it's very difficult to, to blame the government for Michael having infected Mtogosis. But in the context of the relaxation of lockdown rules, could the state be held liable? Could, could it be liable that I infected you because we were in the same class? Um, uh, uh, or, or is it too remote? Is the causation too remote? Almost like trying to blame the guy that, that designed and, and, and produced the gun as opposed to the shooter. Okay. Um, that will depend on the circumstances, as I've already said. So uh, you are quite correct in, in, in saying pre-lockdown, uh, given the um, time limitations, uh, given uh, probably at that stage in, in sufficiency in terms of, um, uh, you, you know, some scientific in, in, in information that we have now. Um, and um, given the fact that um, the, the purpose of, um, the, um, of the lockdown was to have uh, measures and uh, the health system as well as any other, um, um, you know, uh, um, industries and sectors more alert as to how they should go ab- about uh, implementing um, the safety uh, measures. Mm. So now, if the government says um, we are reopening schools, that um, implies to a certain extent or arguably that um, uh, there are now safety measures mm. which uh, uh, would not have been there pre-lockdown. Um, so that's a, a, a point that's um, relevant also to say uh, we decided to reopen schools because um, um, we can infer uh, from the reopening of schools that you believe that uh, schools um, are now um, uh, safer than um, they were pre the lockdown. Mm. So, yeah, so that, that, that's um, um, the personal question. And also, and um, you know, the um, causation, it's quite tricky. It's not going to be a, a, an easy task, but um, <laughs> we rejected. Well, um, should there be uh, any case of, of that sort? Um, we just have to to look really on, on the surrounding uh, circumstances. And and I guess my final question is, uh, you know, I'm I'm for um, the idea of us trying our best to um, get education going, get the economy going. With, with yes. the necessary precautions. So I really support that at the core. But, 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 but I can't s- sort of get rid of the, 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 the worry that, and, and, and perhaps this is my most dominant worry, insofar as opening schools again, we've been warned in the beginning that there are people that are m- 
predisposed to to this disease than others and and ones that are more likely to to have to be critical uh, arising out of this than others and that is the aged or the ones having some chronic or pre-existing medical condition and and we know that a lot of school going kids are raised by abu um and they don't have the luxury of oh no go stay at Gogo's house no don't stay at Gogo's house go stay at your, your grand your, your mother's house you know they don't have there's no there's no mother there's no father in place it's the Gogo's who are at the yeah. at 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 the at the face of providing primary care and yeah. as a result with the luxury of options the the grandmother might opt not to see the grandkids but not everybody has those options and 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 my worry then would be in those circumstances. Um, what what kind of legal recourse would be available to anybody who says, you know, uh, I'm a grandmother and I and I have to feed these kids and I have to bathe them in the morning and if they go and they get infected by other children, they bring that back to me. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a serious concern um, because there is no absolute um, way or absolute uh, measures that can be put in place to avoid that. And uh, the minister herself did say that uh, there are no uh, guarantees. Mm. You know. Then um, it, it just then um, it takes the problem back to socio-economic discrepancies we have in our country. You know, um, so it, it becomes a, a, a problem, and uh, that's one of the issues that, um, or the concerns that have been raised by some of the parents. Mm. Some have um, went into far as saying that. Um, they would rather have their children uh, repeating the grade uh, um, so long as they only go back to school once um, it is absolutely safe or there's a cure or, or some vaccine or some treatment or, or of some sort for the virus. Indeed. So, so it becomes, um, it, it, it is um, a possibility. We may see um, some children being allowed to go back to school. Those who are fortunate uh, may probably continue with um, the e-learning um, platforms. Um, then uh, for some parents, uh, they will just uh, decide to um, uh, let their kids um, drop out of school for the year because, uh, as I've already mentioned before, um, mm. there are, um, life, uh, every other right that you enjoy um, comes from uh, or stems from um, you and, and, um, um, ha- um, having um, the, um, the luxury of enjoying the right to life. And, spot on, um, spot on. Especially the, the, the vulnerable um, grandmothers, grandfathers, they will also be scared of, uh, you know, being infected, and they, they are quite vulnerable. Indeed. So, and that also is in the interest of the same children to not infect their um, the caregiver. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Uh, Listen, uh, Togo Zisi, uh, thank you so much for 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 joining for joining me. Uh, we we have run out of time. Uh, that's yeah. in Togo Zisi Mapumula. Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate it. And in, in the second part of the show, when I come back from the break, we're going to be talking property and COVID nineteen. We're back after this.